It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Bucked Up with Sam Buck. Yeah, we're welcome, Brad Pierce, to Bucked Up, host of Beverages with Brad, and also one of my favorite um, comedians of the local area that we are in. Thank you so much. Uh, there's not a lot of good comedians around here. Compliment. Uh, I am not a great freestyle rapper. I'm sorry. Oh, it helps if I turn the mic on. When there the hell are you going to tell me that? We've been talking <laughs> to the girl in New York for 20 minutes. I oh, didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt you. You're on a roll, and I just wanted to make sure you're on. This is. I wanted to like cuck you a little bit in the beginning, so you. It, no one listens to your show, and they continue listening to mine. I want to listen to everybody, Brad. I'm sorry. We're here with Brad Pierce. Brad, tell them about your show, and right once you're done, we'll turn your mic on. <laughs> everybody, love everybody. <laughs> no, but your your uh, beverages with Brad was something that I took inspiration from because it was one of the very few shows that you put the video out, mm-hmm. which I do, and also you don't just interview comedians. No. Which I love interviewing comedians, but that's not, not all stuff. I want to do. Yeah, all I'd like to talk to every, anybody who will talk to me, which isn't a lot of people, but the ones that do, it's very enjoyable. Well, you have like you have a lot of like MMA people on because mm-hmm. that's what you do. That's your like fit. Is that your fitness? Uh, it activity? is, but boy, does that make me sound way more badass than I really am. Did you hear? Uh, right on cue. Right on cue. You heard the Star Wars lightsaber. Yeah, I heard the lightsaber. That should show you that I am not like some badass <laughs> MMA. Guy. That was like on perfectly on cue. I forgot the. I think your coiffed hair and glasses show that you're not. <laughs> I look like his older brother. I am not um, getting it in the UFC anytime soon. But I do. Yes, I do martial arts. I enjoy that. Uh, I'm not good at them. I'm not tough. I'm old. I have had a lot of injuries. Uh, I like it though. So I'm, I'm scared to get. It. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking strange voice in the clouds. <laughs> that, that was God, actually. Yeah, it was. It was honestly weird already. But now that we can't see her, it's even weird. Actually, yeah. <laughs> but I, I get scared. Like I want to do boxing. Boxing. My grandfather was one of the top boxers in the Air Force. I want to get into it, but. I'm scared of pain. Like I, I don't, I can't take that step of just like, all right, I guess this is what I'm going to do now, even though I want to do it. I think maybe you're overthinking it because you can do boxing without actually doing boxing. Like you, you can go and do boxing and get in shape and enjoy and learn things. You don't have to go get the shit kicked out of you. If you want to be good at it, You'll get the kick, the shit. But I do. I want to learn how to fight. Like yeah, well, I do want to learn how to fight. If you want to learn how to fight, then you got to go the whole way. But there's other options. I mean, I I would recommend get a gun. I would rec well gun, <laughs> option one. But I'd recommend jujitsu because uh, it's painful, but no one's punching you in the face. So if that helps. Well, that's it. Is something I want to do, but it's kind of like that jump in stand up of you know you're gonna be in pain. It's not yeah. physical pain, but like. When you start stand-up, you know that you're going to be in a lot of them. They're very similar. Martial arts and stand-up are very similar. But I feel like I didn't like... I I was a pretty good baseball player, but I didn't like baseball because I didn't like sliding. Like, literally, it was, <laughs> I was so scared so of getting hurt. So what happens hurt. if... You, I, say, I don't know shit about like playing baseball. I never played it. I, you know, I watch it, but 
So if you're a baseball player, what happens if you just refuse to slide? What your coach kills you or something? Yeah, you're gonna get cut from whatever team you're per- like. You have to slide. I, mean, I don't in see you like situations. making the Red Sox or anything, anyways. So I think you could have probably just played your pee wee baseball and not slid, and you probably would have been just fine. I just had a repressed memory come back of why I got cut from my freshman team. Like, in high damn it, school. Sam! I told you to slide. You just blew the championship, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, it's even sadder than that. Some kids <laughs> on the team were like, "Oh, we're done with practice. Go take the bases to the back to the shed." So I took one of the bases back. To the shed and then the coach was like who the fuck took the bases back to the shed oh, we're not done geez. and i wasn't gonna be like i wasn't gonna snitch on them but i wasn't also gonna snitch on myself so and then they do? snitched on me uh, and then yeah. i got cut from the team and that's that might be the reason i stopped playing yeah. baseball it's not that i didn't want to slide now see imagine <laughs> if you had done the boxing because you could have punched the coach and those other kids right in the face and it would have felt great you know what i mean you should have just done the boxing before the baseball well, we had a talk a couple weeks ago about you. You're not confrontational in real life, but you are on stage. Like you do yeah. a lot of crowd work and you have some great videos on Facebook of like you like roasting the audience. Yeah. And that's why I love you. But I love you. Thank <laughs> you. I love you too, Sam. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is I needed this because my self-esteem is so low. My unemployment just ran out. My dreams are all dead. I, this is great. A young guy who smokes a lot of pot telling me he got his idea for his podcast from my shitty show and who loves me. It's like I, the other son I never had. This is so This is so nice. And you're young enough to be my kid. So that's perfect. How old are you? Can we adopt you? You can adopt My me. wife and I sometimes talk about adoption. And I don't like want to deal with a baby and diapers. You're the perfect age. We'll <laughs> sign something. A 23-year-old stoner. Perfect. I perfect. feel like the second you talk to my mom, she'll be like, don't adopt. Like, <laughs> oh, I, she loves you too much. No, I, she loves me, but I think I'm a lot to handle. Oh, okay. I don't know. I feel like you'd be a good son. Like when my wife's asleep, like you'd want to watch cheesy movies with me and eat popcorn. Like we could have bonding time together. You I know? guess that it's funny. We'll I have a lot of friends. In the backyard. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who are my parents' age, hmm. but I don't want to hang out with my parents. How old are your parents? My mom's 49 and my dad's 54. Yeah, I'm closer to their age than yours. I'm 23. So. Yeah, I know. You're just a young a young buck. A young on buck. On the bucked up podcast. <laughs> I keep wanting to look like in the at the audience. Uh, I don't know why I assume there's an audience out there. I I'm just know this. I'm looking back at you if that helps. There's, yeah, there's the there's producer. There's an audience. Yeah, we have, a, we have an audience of one. I'm such a douche. What's it, Ani? Is it Ani? Ani, yeah. I've never met an Ani, so it's I, I had a hard time remembering it. Ani, I hope you're enjoying it. This I is a don't. beautiful shot of a skew. A great, a great venue. Yeah, shout, shout out, out to a skew. Uh, he we just also made have Irish here, too. Okay. You got an audience of two. Shout out Irish, my other producer. Oh, I thought you were saying people in Ireland. Oh, no, no. no. no my other producer awesome. Irish is on. Hi, too. Irish. I don't want to look at the camera because this light is hitting and I just have the worst widows. Why feet. do your producers have made up names? What, they didn't want Irish is a nickname. Oh, wait, I would hope so. Look who names their kid Irish. <laughs> like, we're assuming you're going to grow up to be a drunk and eat potatoes. We're just going to call you Irish. <laughs> you're not far off. <laughs> but back to my original point. This is baseball. This is, this is the yeah. baseball show. Baseball, baseball and MMA pun. all day, every day. No, but you're confrontational on stage, but not in real life. Right. And is that kind of a reason that you wanted to learn how to fight? Oh, wow. That's that's deep. That's a deep question. Uh, that's definitely part of what got me into martial arts for sure. I, I'm not. Uh, a particularly strong guy. I'm not very athletic. Um, when did and, you, you know get... when you're in school as a kid and shit? If you're not a tough kid, the biggest fear you have 
is like getting beat up because that's so embarrassing. It's like I don't want to get my ass kicked. And, you know, I don't, kids, I don't know what kids are doing now. I know it's like not cool to bully kids in school and stuff now. I don't think kids have to worry about shit, shit ever since the school shootings. Like no one fucks with anybody. But I'm old. Like back in my day, it was cool to pick on people that you could beat up. And so for me, I was always like, man, fuck, I don't want to get in a fight. I don't know how to fight. So uh, in high school, did you ever get beat up? In junior high, I did. Yeah, it was humiliating. And um, it didn't even hurt physically. It just hurt, like, emotions. It was fucking embarrassing. I got my yeah. ass kicked um, at, like, the bus stop in front of, like, a ton of kids. And it fucking sucked. So well, For any reason other than just... No, he just used to pick on me and yeah. decided one day he was going to beat the shit out of me. So, um, I mean, his life went to complete hell. So that's, there is some redeeming. Yeah. And you're on the bucked up podcast. And look at me. (laughs) Killing it. (laughs) Fucking killing it. Take that bullies. (laughs) I, um, yeah. So in high school, um, you know, I always liked action movies and shit, Mm -hmm. but I think what I'm trying to think where it started. I think it started where I read a, uh, a Bruce Lee book and became obsessed with Bruce Lee. And then, um, you know, I kept hearing about this guy, Hoist Gracie, mm-hmm. who was a big deal. Yeah. And uh, so we went up to the video store. That was a place you would go to rent films back in the day. I used to get VHSs. I okay. remember it was VHSs. All right. So you okay. remember we go and we went and we got some of the, the first UFCs. Mm-hmm. And back then there was no rules except no biting and eye gouging, no weight class, no rounds. And this skinny guy who's built just like me he's like almost my height same build destroyed everybody and i'm like how the hell is this guy doing it and they're like oh that's gracie jujitsu and i was like wow i want to learn that shit so um i saw a sign they had a sign in a taylor rental center because there's nobody knew about brazilian jujitsu back then and this dude was teaching it they would literally move like lawn mowers out of the back of the taylor rental center <laughs> And it was like me and dudes like twice my age. And I was, I was one of his first students. I was one of the first students of the original Rhode Island Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school, which is now run by a guy named Tim Burrell. How old were you? I was only like 18. Oh, wow. So you've been um, doing it a Actually, while. 17. So I was 17. Yeah, but see, again, this is going to make me sound like some kind of expert. I did it for a year, completely fucked up this thumb. Jesus Ended up quitting. Christ. I did not like that at all. Yeah, I quit. And then, like, it's one of those things I've kind of sporadically done. So, mm-hmm. like, really, it's not... If I had stuck with it since then, I'd be unbelievable. I really didn't. I quit that maybe five, six years later. I took another class, broke my foot, quit again. Really, I got more serious about it about three years ago. I, um, uh, uh, Henzo Gracie, Rhode Island, opened. I went there for about two and a half years or so, quit, and I switched over to a place called Triforce MMA. And now I've just been kind of training with that at different places. But so it's not like I did it since I was 17. I was kind of here and there, here and there. But do you feel so? I went to a private school because my mom was a teacher. So I was able to go. And I so there wasn't like I never got beat up. And I'm also big. Like I was always big. So I more felt small and I was worried about being beat up, but it never happened. And I feel like like have you ever been threatened after a show? Um. 
I've definitely had a lot of people angry at me at shows. I got threatened um, by two cops once, and not that I'd beat up the cops, but just like that. I don't know why, but it's like that's I feel really like- shitty. You know, this is why people are having protests and stuff like that is because of how police are treating my friend Sam. <laughs> it's really an issue in this country. I think it needs to be discussed publicly. Uh, I'm just glad that you could finally speak about this. No, but it's. I feel like when you know how to fight, there is like it's like a coat of like confidence kind of it definitely helps it definitely helps but also the the most badass dudes i know would never really get in a fight well it's just knowing exactly because when you know you don't want to get in a fight yeah it's very hot fighting uh, guys are real dumb and macho so -hmm. guys always think oh i know how to fight and that's that's absolutely ridiculous it's like i tell my brother-in-law like because he's unbemovable at soccer i was like dude that's like me saying oh i'm a confident Wait, guy soccer? i can play soccer yeah you have, i did i was like soccer is that a type of fighting oh, like no, is, that no, a, no. is that a jujitsu filipino style yeah, yeah. it's called soccer, soccer. s-a-k-a uh, <laughs> yeah no and i was like dude it'd be like me saying oh i can play soccer like no i don't know shit about like it's fighting is yeah. like chess it's very complicated i really expect to be talking about combat this whole show i hope i'm not boring everybody no i love this yeah. This is the point of this. Don't don't Uh, get in your head. But it's no, I'm like I'm supposed to be funny and shit, and I'm like, uh, here's how you do an arm. This is how you break a guy's arm. Like, uh, no, but I actually am really interested in this stuff. Well, God, I could help. But it's kind of like okay, call me sensei. I'll make a (laughs) okay, sensei. I'll make a joke, but this is true. It's like, have you ever been out with a girl? And they think because you're a guy, you'll like stand up for them talking shit. Um, like I, I would have girls that are friends of mine just talk shit. And they're like, I this. hate, hate that girls do that shit. And I know I'm going to sound all sexist and you're like 20 and you're probably a bunch of like very progressive fans of the show. I have a minor no, you people. shouldn't do that shit as a, as a woman. I hate do that, that chicks do that. They will talk so much shit. They could be a roided up 250 pound dude and she'll be like, bah, 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 and she then she expects you to fucking deal with it. It's, it's like if no one is going, if you're not going to fight these motherfuckers, you need to shut the fuck up. Women are so bad about that. It is you're true. Right. It is true. They'll, they're like it's really annoying. And I'm not a fight. Like you can, I might look a certain way, but yeah, the you second, look very intimidating. But the, I don't know if you could see at home, but he looks fierce. This guy. But the second I talk, it's like, I don't, I don't want to fight anyone. Like I just, so I hate that. Cause it's, yeah. I'm not, I might be six, four, but I'm like, I see myself as five, seven. Sam is a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> I, um, I will tell you a cool story about, and this is why you should put your kids in martial arts. A, a cool thing happened when I was doing the uh, my first jujitsu class. There was a guy, a jock guy, who was on the football team, the wrestling team. And wrestling is a great form of martial art, really. It really is. It's so much better than, like, karate, kung fu, and all mm-hmm. that shit. And uh, he would just kind of, he wasn't, like, going to beat me up or anything, but he was just kind of fucking around with me um after lunch and everyone's coming out of the lunchroom and he punched me very hard in the omelet so i kicked him and then uh he tackled me and i actually choked him out like me i didn't choke him unconscious but i choked him until he tapped and it was a good feeling because i was always such a weenie and i was like i just made this wrestling football player tap in front of like everybody outside the lunchroom. And it was a great feeling that probably gave, yeah. Cause if that didn't happen, you might still be looking for that, like time, well, you know, like 
Because if you got beat up, I don't know, but I feel like you want to right the wrong. Yeah, and even though it wasn't the same guy and it wasn't a legitimate fight, it still just felt good to feel like, okay, I have at least a chance. Yeah. And again, it's not because I'm something special. It's just because jujitsu is like magic. It's like Mm -hmm. a magic trick. Because like a weenie like me could do that to a guy like him because the techniques are so unbelievable it's not like i am still a weenie it's just it's like magic it's but like you a magic see thing. yourself as that but i don't think other people see you as that like i see you i thought you were confrontational off like when we had no. that talk like i see you as a confident guy like i oh, it's thanks. funny how you see it's not like an athlete i'm not an athlete is what i'm trying but to you, say I'm not you're big, tall strong, but you are tall guy. and you're thin and you're like you have some build it's not but it's well, I you see. understand. I was in high school. I was the same height as I am now, but I weighed like maybe one sixty. I was like a rail. You know what I mean? But see, I was two seventy. I was the same. You so, were on the opposite. Yeah, so, plus, no one's fucking with you. You're three hundred pounds back then. But Who's I was. But I you? see myself as like a little. Like I saw myself as little. Like I don't know. I I felt How very tall you, like six two, six three, yeah, six three, three hundred pounds. Who's gonna fuck with that guy? But I yeah. But I don't see. It's the thing that I was saying. Like I didn't see myself as that. You Basically, see yourself. Basically, if, if you want to know how to keep your kids from getting picked on, just have them be tall and just keep eating. Just because if you hit three hundred pounds, them. they might have an eating <laughs> disorder in high school. School, but it'll be worth it so yeah i don't like confrontation i don't were you uh, funny like growing up were you like good at roasting and stuff no Mm-mm. when no. did you when did that come into play like when did you get into that i i don't think i was ever funny i i just didn't want to work or anything i i was just always trying to figure out a that's way that's another reason i look you were one of the only people that like i'd see at mike's but you were also self you could pay for your life. I could pay for my Narragansett beer at the bar for two dollars. I, I was, was supposed to be a spokesperson guy. for Narragansett before Corona, and then Corona happened, and I lost that job. Son of a bitch! Well, I got <laughs> fucked by Sam Adams. You ever hear that story? No, I didn't. I can tell you that story. Yeah, it's very traumatic. You got fucked by um, Sam Adams. You big time. Um, what I was saying. Wait, I, before we get to Sam Adams, I want to finish my thought. We were talking about comp. Oh no, I wasn't funny or anything. What happened was. Um, it was getting close to the end of high school and it's like that fear. Like I knew a bunch of my friends were going to the military, a bunch were going to college. I had no fucking ideas. And I had a friend named Steve who I thought was hilarious. And I asked him if he wanted to do a public access show. And, uh, we started the show and it was terrible. Did you do videography and stuff before later, much later? So I I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. It was a shitty camera. I used to edit with a VCR. Um, I just thought he was funny. I knew I wanted to do something different and creative. And um, I was a big fan of Tom Green at, at that point. So that's where I started to do man on the street footage. I'd mm-hmm. go out and interview people. And I had this shitty plastic. So we took a, a lapel mic, a collar mic, and we put it in the body of this plastic gold microphone, which is where the golden mic name comes from, which oh, I okay. use for my business yeah. now. Um, I've had that since since then, since I was a kid. I've oh, had that really? same you have name. a tatted on you. Yeah, I have a this. I'm very sensitive about this tattoo. Let's show that because a lot of times people can't tell what it is and I'm very insecure about it. But it's actually, yes, a laughing golden microphone. Do you think it looks like a mic? You can be honest. No, it does look like a mic, but okay, it's thanks. it's a very cartoon face. So yeah, you shouldn't a, get mad. It's like I was you're, not mad. I'm just insecure because I, I hate what people are like. What is that? A fish? And I'm like, oh, God. I guess I could see like fish eyes, but yeah, it, it's a that's mic. the eyes. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I've had that name forever. 
and did the show forever. And then it was much later that I went to school for film. That was much later. It was I was already married mm -hmm. and I still didn't know. It. I don't know why she married me. I had no idea the fuck I was doing. I didn't make any money. I had no prospects. And for some reason, she married me. And uh, when we were married, that's when she was like, hey, maybe you should go back to school. Then I went for film. And basically, since a million years ago, I always wanted to do stand up. Always wanted to do stand up. Did you li like who were did you listen to it growing up? Or? Not a lot. A little bit. Mm -hmm. You but know, not much. I, a little bit. I liked I always liked the show Seinfeld because I'm from that era. So I, I watched him. And, I, you know, and I remember as a kid, my friend had um, my neighbor had uh, George Collin tapes. So we would listen to the cassettes. But I wasn't one of these comedians like, oh, I always dreamed about doing comedy. It kind of came later when I was doing the public access show. I was like, man, I really should. If I want to be funny, like I need to do stand up. But I was terrified of it. I was really scared to do it. So I was like, ah, I'll do it at some point. I'll do it at some point. And then um, I did a couple open mics like a million years ago at Catch a Rising Star at Twin River. And I think I maybe did three or four of them. And I was going to go the next week and I never went. And I just kept letting the stage fright keep me from doing it, which was annoying because I already wasn't really doing anything else. So I feel like I, I wasted a lot of years. And then a friend of mine started doing comedy in Georgia. And he's like, hey, man, uh, you really need to be doing stand up. And he uh, he ended up talking me into it. He ended up calling the Comedy Connection from Georgia and booking me on a Sunday. And that's where it began. And then that was, I don't know, six, six and a half years ago or something. And then since then, I was, once I got going, I was like all in with it. That, that happened to me too, but in a very shortened amount of time, I did, I'm not going to tell this story fully because I've said it so many times on this podcast, but I flew out to LA and did Kill Tony when I was 17 and used a fake ID to get into the comedy store. And that was the first time I ever did stand up. And then, that's a much cooler story than a public access show. But, the, but then cool the se I flew out again the next year and got on Kill Tony again. And that was the second time. And then Why I did you get the money to fly out there. I saved up all my I was a loot. I just I saved up. You my just money. sat near him collecting your allowance. I worked a lot. Like I used to work hard and I used to work seven days a week, like 70 hours. What great work ethic. I've always been lazy. Where were you working? I was working at a burrito place, but I worked my that way up to 300 pounds. Yeah, yeah I worked my way up in the time I worked from like line crew. And then by the end of it, I was the marketing manager and it was a chain. So by the end, I was making a good amount of money. See, kids, dreams can come true. If you're at home wondering if you, what you should do, I suggest become a burrito cook because you can work your way up and eventually have your own podcast. So exactly. that's an inspirational story. But it's like I didn't. Rocky. <laughs> I didn't do college at all through college. I didn't do stand up through college. Mm. And then finally, when I did it after I graduated, I was like, what the fuck am you, I going to yeah, do? When did you start doing it like regularly? The week after I graduated college. When, I mean, how, how many years ago? Two years. Okay, cool. Two years. And nice. I've been doing it, you know, as much as I can. But back to it's the thing where it's like once you do it and you get into it, were you like, were you because you didn't care about is that why you were doing crowd work and stuff because right, so most comics are nervous about doing crowd work see yeah i'm a very weird guy in case it isn't uh noticeable to anybody uh, i'm a very strange guy i uh had stage fright and what freaked me out the at the beginning when i was starting it wasn't even bombing necessarily what would freak me out was forgetting 
what I was talking about. Like, like fucking Jimmy rabbit and eight mile. Mm -hmm. Like I would be doing a joke. It's my next line. And my first bunch of sets were very robotic. Um, and then as I started to talk a little bit to the crowd, I realized, oh man, I feel way more comfortable doing that. And like my wife knows like you looked like that was way better when you were talking to that person in the crowd than when you were doing your jokes. And I realized, I, I think it's just because, you know, like a lot of comedians are introverts. I'm an extrovert. I like talking to people. Mm-hmm. So when I started to do that, when I was first, like my first year of comedy, it took me away from the fact, like I no longer felt like I was on stage. I just felt like, oh, I'm just fucking around with this person. And we're having a conversation. I'm not thinking about the lights around me. Everyone wants me to be funny. Ba 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 ba. What's my next joke? I'm not thinking about any of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just fucking around with this guy in the front row, and I'm having fun. Yeah. And then I get back to my jokes and make fuck. All right, what's my next line? And then I like, oh, maybe I talk to this lady. Now I feel comfortable again. So I realized, holy shit, I feel way more comfortable. And then, so that was kind of like how, it, how I started to long, mo- how go long into the that. comedy were you? Uh, that was pretty, that? pretty, probably the first year maybe, but I was still in this weird balance and everything. And then I realized, I think what helped me and helps me to this day, not that I'm like fucking doing great. Obviously I'm still broke with no money and, uh, trying to figure out how to get my karaoke career going again, but, but you are I'm doing better now. I'm doing married. better than I was. So <laughs> the reason that the, the style I have now really comes from, I think years of frustrations about feeling like a, like a loser. Mm-hmm. And that I think what changed a lot because you know so comedians oh you find your voice find your voice the 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 whole thing with Gotham where I had to follow Jerry Seinfeld uh, that was the night I think I figured out okay this is my style of comedy because I think and this goes back to your original point about me being confrontational I think on stage uh, I think I'm letting out a lot of frustrations. I've had over the years with myself and just feeling like a failure. And I think that's where, if you see me being aggressive on stage, I think it's like therapy for me. I'm letting mm-hmm. out. That's why, like, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but like I, there was a set I had to do after Seinfeld at Gotham in New York. And I had no, like people like, Oh man, you were up there and you called Jim Gaffigan and Jerry Seinfeld assholes. Cause it was like legitimate frustrations. Like I've been watching these guys be successful since I was a kid yeah. and I still can't figure out the fuck I'm doing with my life. And I just let it all out that night. And I think the crowd reacted so well to it because it was real genuine emotion. Since that set, I'm always trying to chase that. I feel like when I bomb, it's because I'm not as emotionally connected to what I'm saying as I was that night. That night, I was just expressing myself. And again, I think the frustration I have makes people laugh, I think. Because you're funny off the cuff. Like, you're funny with the crowd conversationally and also just, like, in the moment. It wasn't like that was a prepared set. You were just going and talking as if... It's, like, not crowd work, but... That night was basically just, yeah, like, riffing. It was just... It was just... You've been able to make a like on YouTube. Your standup is really well known. Like it's kind of cool that you're from this area. You live in the Rhode Island area, and you've been able to make a name for yourself online with standup. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the compliments. This guy's really good for my self esteem. I got to hang out with you. This is a self help podcast. This really is. I, I should just lay it on. Exactly. I wanted to set up the couch oh, for this reason. Yeah. Do you want to tell me about the fight with your mom today? 
Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I guess. And then we got to tell the Sam Adams story. See, I, I might be a stoner, but I remember. You're a good host. Stuff. You really are. You're a good host. You do a good job of making me feel important. Where as far as I know, the only people listening are Ani and Irish, two made up individuals in, in space. Um, yeah. So my wife, before I came, was like, oh, we haven't talked to your parents tonight. You should you should call your parents to check in. And I was like, that sounds like a bad idea. Are you um, not close with them? Yeah, I'm close with them. Yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I, I guess. I don't know. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. I I, I love yeah. my parents. They mm -hmm. love me. Yeah. That that There's makes that. so that's a yes. That's I would say that's medium. I feel There's like I people just snorted who, on your microphone. Like I didn't. That's the most Boston answer to to answer about your parents. By the way, it's true though. It's you love them, but yeah, I understand. I totally get that. I so you want you is, didn't want right. to catch up. You know how even uh, I haven't known you that long. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a pretty negative guy. Okay, I'm a negative guy. Yeah. I am the most optimistic person on earth compared to my parents. Like I am the most carefree, optimistic, happy go like guy in the planet. So when my wife was like, Hey, calm. I was like, she's right. I should, I should be a good son. Mm -hmm. But I, but, but I was right. It sucked on the way here. I called them. It hurt. It's soul her. sucking. I have. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I understand. For example, yesterday, I found out my unemployment ran out. Mm -hmm. An hour later, I get a text from my mom. I'm going to see if it's if I saved it. I might have deleted it. It's something. It's good. It feels good to delete a text that's really upsetting you. So you don't just read it over oh, and over and over. I got it. Oh, you're going <laughs> to. I found out around noon. Yeah. That you ran that my out. unemployment's out. Mm -hmm. And then. An hour later, at one thirty, well, hour and a half. What did you hear about the new strains of COVID? <laughs> so I'm excited because some of my gigs are coming back. Yeah. And I'm thinking, all right, my unemployment ran out. I was hoping it would last a couple more weeks because uh -huh. some of my gigs are coming back. I have a bunch of shows this month. Uh, two of my weekly karaoke gigs come back this month. I was like, all right, so it sucks it ran out, but let me try to be optimistic. Things are opening. And my mom is already like, hey, uh, do you know the COVID's not done with us yet? <laughs> so I called her today and right off the bat, boom, like, hey, I don't know if you know, but these new uh, strains, and this is a quote, she said, uh, more deadly and more contagious. <laughs> like, in other words, hey, don't have any hope you're ever getting back to work. Are they news watchers? Do they like watch? She loves the news. Okay, loves yeah. it. It's yeah. like, what? Everything's bad. This is fucking yeah, awesome. I, yeah. Let me call my son and ruin his day and tell him how we're all going to die. <laughs> She's like, yeah, she just is like, yeah, it's more contagious. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, I was hoping to go back to work. I guess I'll just hang myself. Yeah. I, she and, and literally though, from West Warwick to here, the whole ride just was COVID's coming for us. It's worse. We're never going to live again. We're never going to see. Because I was like, Ma, did you get vaccinated? She's like, yeah. I was like, Dad got vaccinated, right? Yup. I said, all right. Well, common. That's my wife. She's vaccinated. I had just had COVID. Yeah. So I figured we'd be able to see you. We haven't seen you in a year. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're saying no, because now more strains are coming. And she's like, well, I just want to make sure we don't do anything too fast. I said, Ma, you know, we're going to die, right? Like, you know, we're just, we're not going to live forever. Yeah. 
because are we just going to never, am I never seeing my parents again? We're just going to just sit in your house and wait until you die of old age before the COVID monster gets you. And then I'm just never going to see you again. Like I get being sick. I haven't given them much shit. I get it. They're, they're mm -hmm. old. Yeah, I get it. But if they're both vaccinated, I have the antibodies in my wife's. We can't have a cup of coffee still. No, because CNN told her we're all going to die. So but it's, we, especially old people, I feel like they get in loops. Like, you know, as even my age or even your age, you probably get in loops. And you're like, how the fuck did I get in that loop when you're out of it? But you just do. And they probably are like, well, this is life. And it's been life for a year. So I guess this is just it. This is it from now is, on. And then the news scares them. Well, they don't do anything but watch the news. Exactly. Because so, there's nothing they can do except watch the news, which scares them, which right. gets them to watch more, which gets right. their ad revenue up. Right. Fucking... That's what I said. To, I said, what do you think the news is going to say, Ma? Hey, everything's great. Go outside. Like, that yeah. doesn't sell. Yeah, no. And it is. So that's you, why I walked in here frustrated. Do you have any also, siblings? I have two older brothers. Are they... Like, or did they have the same frustrations with them? Yes. And it goes back to my, my grandmother who lived to 101, which is funny because people always say, the, like, if they ask an old lady, how'd you live so long? Like, oh, I just kept a positive attitude. I always, this was the most negative woman you ever met in your life. She was actually funny, though. She had like that very <laughs> negative New England sense of humor, which was very funny, but she was super negative. So I think that's where they get it. I think my dad's dad was very negative. So um, your grandma, the funny one. Yeah. Did you find it funny when you were a kid how negative she was? Not as a kid, but I, as I got older, yeah. She only died a few years. Because that's what... As, when I got older, she would drive me nuts how negative she was, but I would laugh my ass off too because she was really fucking funny. Because you say that you're... You earlier was like, you might see that I'm negative in your right. public persona, but it's funny negative. I didn't know if like... I, that probably, that's funny that, probably that that's your like... Her. Your first sense of humor. You didn't watch stand up, but you got Not that was her first sense of humor you saw. Was yeah, like, I think it's just a New England thing. Yeah. Everyone's mad because it's, it's fucking cold. Dude, I just went to Florida with my mm -hmm. wife uh, two weeks ago. We were in West Palm, which is fucking beautiful. I highly recommend it to your Irish people watching or whatever. <laughs> fucking beautiful, dude. 80 <laughs> degrees every day. And I'm like, I could never live down here. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to be funny. I was too happy. I was so mm. happy. Every day we drove around, we rented a convertible and we'd sit on the beach. And I was like, I'm too happy. This is, this is great. I think it's just, we're fucking cold in New England. So we're pissed off. And then my family's negative. So I think that's a lot with the human. And again, my feelings of a failure my whole life too plays a, fa a factor. Because my two older brothers are very successful. Mm -hmm. um, especially my oldest brother, like, I was horrible in school and he was like straight A student. Did you guys go to the same school? Yeah, they're older, but yes. Yeah, we all went to the same school. Were they and like, why aren't you smart like your brother? Was it? I like literally that? had teachers give me shit like, how are you related to? Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Well, that makes sense why you want to follow the dreams and the arts, kind of. Yeah, I'm a black me. sheep in the My family. My mom was a teacher and I wasn't. I'm. I'm, it, it sounds dumb to say I'm smart, but like I love learning you about look things. Smart. I think it's just the glasses. But uh, yeah, if I you take, look, I don't. The glasses don't fit my. Should we do the podcast without glasses? Yeah, look, how we look, look how dumb this podcast just got. <laughs> this podcast just turned from a fucking intellectual TED talk to come town real quick. We should have took the glasses off for the MMA portion. We now should've. we look rough and rugged. But now, now I can't you know. see shit. I can't either. <laughs> right, Yo, here's the thing: on. when I was your age, I didn't have glasses. I got glasses later in life and you have a good hairline go fuck yourself yeah i'm, I'm killing it with my hair right
How I do try you, to look young. This is gonna sound a sad. This is gonna sound sad, but you do have like your wife comes to your shows. It's awesome to watch her like see you laugh, and she it sounds like she supports your like dreams. She does. She always has. And I do love that she still laughs. But man, it adds an element of pressure when she's at a show. For sure, it does. Is that good, though? To ha- like, It's cool that you found it, someone that supports you and also isn't trying to do the same. Th- you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, she's. Look, if she. Didn't think something of the weird things I do, she obviously wouldn't have married me. I didn't have yeah. anything else going for me. You're not very, you're not, you don't speak highly of yourself. I don't think I've earned that. (laughs) I I think you've earned that. Thank you. Once again, this is my, this, this guy's my, my dream, right? He's keeping me alive. Um, (laughs) No, she's always been supportive and I love that she laughs. I love that she supported all the stuff I've done Mm -hmm. for, for comedy and, and making crazy videos and all that. She's always been super supportive, but she's also, again, like a true New Englander. She's no bullshit. Like, if I fucking suck in a set, she's going to tell me about it, mm-hmm. which is why I said it's an extra uh, level of pressure when she's there because she's not going to just blow smoke up my ass. She might say, hey, you did well, but hey, what were you, did you forget? Like, what were you saying? You looked uncomfortable at this part. And then I'm like, fuck, I know, I know. So Is she's, she like that in real life too? Yeah, she's super like about intense. Not, are you like that or are you non-confrontational? She's in real life, very intense. And yeah, no, I'm not confrontational. I like to get along mm. with people. I don't like confrontation. But see, I'll say really honest stuff, stuff on stage. But like, I'll be scared to say that to a significant other or a friend. Or it's I like, say shit on stage that I would never say off stage. Mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable sometimes with a microphone. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's it's why like, I like there's podcasting. A wall, there's a wall between you in reality and it's this very fuzzy i like this mic cover it's very fuzzy i like the mixing board too it reminds me of simon the old 80s game i don't know if they can see it but i i agree that's the thing i like about this podcast is i get nervous to talk to people like i've wanted to talk to you since like the time i met see you saw you on stage for the first time and i really liked your stand-up but i would get nervous until i'm like Oh, I have a platform. Let me ask you to talk. Let me talk to you on my platform. Sam, but you can weird. talk to me anytime. I'm a very approachable guy. I like to talk to people. I have no problem. But it's with an that. internal thing. I have a voice in my head that says, like, you suck. You're not enough. Like, you're a pussy. <laughs> and like, you said I'm hot on myself. It's true, though. Like, that's I run. And when I'm not running or, like, on the run, I'll be like, sorry for this offensive word. And I'm I, I but I'll honestly in my head i'll be like you fucking faggot like you gotta keep you gotta keep going like you're a pussy like push yourself and it's but when i have a platform i i feel like oh i can relax a little bit it's like the whole uh uh clock kent superman thing where you take on a more confident persona is that what you're saying kind of because i'm a huge nerd i just watched something about this like a marvel thing about Mm -hmm. it and what was cool about it wasn't so much the marvel you'll appreciate this as a hip-hop head was daryl mack uh, AKA DMC. Yeah. He's a very shy, nerdy guy. And he said when he created DMC and that stage persona and that rapper, he became someone else. Cause in real life, he's very introverted, very nerdy and quiet. So when he would hit the stage as DMC, 
he took on like a different persona and that's well, what we're talking about i, I that's love cool. rap more than anything like comedy and rap are my two passions i love that i love to hear that i, I feel like you're young so i don't know if we listen to any of the same shit but i love rap music as well i saw wu-tang clan when i was 12 there like i go. like older stuff wu-tang clan ain't nothing to fuck with i everybody. love but when i talk to rappers on this podcast it's cool to be like i can it's awesome to talk to them and not just be through the music. Like if you just saw your stand up where you're yelling at people on stage, you might You think I'm an asshole. You think you're a different person <laughs> than you are. Not even an asshole, but you think rappers or comedians are different people. Right. You think they're their on stage persona, but I'm not who I am on stage. That's me turned up to 10. Yeah, that's a part. It's an it's a it's, it's a, a part of you. It's parts that I want to make fun of like right. the parts that i don't like about myself i can kind of like turn up or parts that i'm nervous about or things like that and that's what rap is too it's a it's an outlet where you can create someone who's you but turned up to 10 yeah, like a superhero i'm gonna i need to clear like my shit so i'm gonna ask you a question yes i'm gonna go clear my shit i don't have covid covid free that was uh that was like a month and a half ago i'm good but you can go blow shit. your nose i'm not doing that on here that's fucking ask weird. me a question the irish guy and all that i'm gonna ask you a question while you're answering i'm gonna go right there and i'm gonna come right back okay perfect here's my question tell me your top three favorite rappers top three favorite rappers okay well one west <laughs> top one is west side gun who's who I'm going up to Buffalo with a former guest Shamil. You'll see we're going to film a little something promo. I'm going up for his gallery opening. I have his shirt on right now. He's newer, but he's this, he's like old school style, but new. He's, oh, I will send you shit that I know you'll love. I, um, Kanye West, because I grew up to him when I was eight years old. I knew all the words to late registration because that's what my dad played me. I grew up through Kanye. I love Kanye. And three, my favorite rapper would be Lil Wayne because he's very influential to me. I grew up listening to him because it was my mom's favorite rapper. Okay. So Lil Wayne. You look Kanye like a guy whose mom listens to Lil Wayne. That's no surprise at all to you. You can tell he doesn't remember any of my jokes because that's <laughs> the only the only joke I have that that's really said. funny. But no, I okay, so you I'm not a you're an art, a comic book guy. You have a lot of tattoos. Yeah, I like, um, yeah, I like like comic book stuff. You have yeah. a lot of tattoos. I do have a lot of tattoos. Do you like? So I wear a lot of rap hoodies. So I don't want you to get upset when I ask. Do you think tattoos? You like the art of it, or do you think because you see yourself as that dweeb, it makes you look like you think you're like tougher with tattoos? I mean, it's not like I have like one of those like Bob Wyatt tattoos around my bicep. No, you got a fish, a fish microphone <laughs> a on fish your arm. On my mic that I have to be, <laughs> have my balls no, busted just... about. No, um, the tattoo thing. So, because I don't have any, and I'm scared. Mm. Like I don't. It's just something I don't understand. So I like. Okay. I want. You yeah. Know. So like I think um the tattoo thing with me was uh a lot of my friends uh growing up and shit were musicians and a lot of my friends are really into punk and shit so a lot of my friends had a lot of tattoos and honestly i always thought they looked like shit and then a buddy of mine dan uh had a big tattoo across his back that i was like oh that actually looks cool i uh, usually i feel like my tattoos i see don't look good mm -hmm. um this is obviously a long time ago and then i was like at some point i was like maybe i'll get one similar style to his i like that one that looked cool 
And my wife liked the idea. She said, yeah, fuck it, go for it. So I got one on my back. And then um, what was your one on your back? It's like a Bible verse. Is it big? Yeah, it's pretty big. Are you religious? Uh, it really depends. Mean, the word religious is like a super loaded word. I'm very, I hate this word spiritual. It's very yeah. loaded, but I'm very spiritual. I have beliefs um, and they've really fluctuated through my life. I grew up in like a church going mm -hmm. family. My brother's a pastor. I, I I could spend fucking five hours talking about that subject. The I am interested. I am interested about yeah, it. Yeah, because... sure. Like, yeah, kinda. Like, I'm I'm a very. I would say at this point in my life, I am in this weird zone of like a mix between a Christian and a nihilist. Like, I I feel like I'm somewhere floating around that. I don't know. You know, the older I get, the more I realize how much I just don't fucking know. But there are things I hope for. Mm -hmm. So I'll say that. Um, so I got the tattoo, tattoo the religious the tattoo. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, I'll just do one tattoo. That'll be the end of that. And then it's like, I can't even see the fucking thing. It's on my back. I'm going to get one more. I'm going to get one more. What was on the next? my arm. On my arm. Another religious tattoo. That's it. Number two. I'm done. And then uh, <laughs> I don't know. Then I was like, I'll do another one. And then uh, I just kept going. And then I had all these kind of serious, like spiritual tattoos. Like, oh, I want to do a fun tattoo. Mm -hmm. So I did the big golden mic one. And I'm like, well, I got all this black and white, black and gray shit over here. I got this colorful one here. Maybe I'll do more color shit. And I was like, what do I like? I like New England sports. I like New England. And I started this huge piece. Uh, which is going to be all the New England sports teams. It's taken forever because they're huge and they're expensive. It is. I've seen it's big. Yeah, it's very big. So I started that and I'm like, oh, I really like it. And what helps is my my wife likes it. She's like, oh, I like your tattoos. Like, yeah, keep doing it. So it just kind of became a fun. Do you like thing. all of them? Yes and no. I mean, I'd say there's probably something about each one I don't like and something about each one I do like. Mm -hmm. I think the Golden Mike one, there are things that would definitely change. But the detail is obviously, it's great artwork. I just would change some things. Mm -hmm. And that's all of them. All of them, there's things I like and things I don't. But I don't think, to answer your original question, I don't, I would hope that my thought wasn't, hey, I'm going to get tattoos so I look like a badass. I hope that's not what I was no, thinking. But, I don't okay. think I was thinking but that. But I, I don't, I'm happy that you explain the story because I don't think so either. But I don't know. Like, I think people look at me wearing rap hoodies, like, mm -hmm or t-shirts this one right now and they're like oh it make he thinks a certain thing about it you mm. people will have a certain like connotation to why i'm wearing that oh, fuck clothing. people you like what you like right i like but, the tattoos it's fun it's exactly, a cool thing yeah and also, i like it yeah and i get a problem with it fuck it you wear hip-hop shit because you like hip-hop i like What's it i grew up deal? with it i love yeah, that shit great, yeah good. exactly but, and you don't carry yourself as someone who's not um genuine mm -hmm. it's not like you walk in you're like sam bucks in the house motherfucker what yeah, up yeah, like yeah. you you uh, you act like yourself <laughs> your personality and the way you look fit perfectly i feel the same way with you and your tattoos and like awesome. all that shit look how much we love each other <laughs> and they said it's people, my bigger older brother my it. smaller older brother no but the i was I, I do want to go back to the spiritual religious sure. thing because Ask i'm me whatever i'm an open book because i'm so I went to church, a non-religious, you know, like a non-religious kind of church. Okay. It's religious, but it wasn't like Catholic. It was easy going, but it was because my dad was cheating. He brought us to church, I think, to like... Because of the guilt or something? Yeah, I think because of the guilt. 
And that's kind of the connotations I tied to it, I think. And so I, as I got older, I realized that I did believe in a higher power and that especially meditating and journaling is kind of a form of prayer, I feel like. And I love meditating and I feel like that is a form of prayer or journaling. And then when, I don't mean to get all like Joe Rogany, but when I did DMT, uh, my higher power very Joe I saw is <laughs> exactly. No, I don't. I don't do MMA, so I'm not Joe Rogan that much. Um, I saw Buddha. Honestly, I'm not. That is the the person that I saw. And then when I learned more about it, I realized that kind of a lot of my beliefs are based in Buddhist beliefs without even knowing it. And it was a weird thing where I was like, oh, there kind of is a tr like I liked the truth to it that it was i came to it without even knowing and i wonder like you're older you have the tattoos you feel it like what made you connect with it still to an old like even though you're around comedians and you're around people who probably are like fuck you you know like, like why what made you me connect to, to like my religious beliefs yes yeah well you know like i said it's been like a crazy journey because and again i don't want to like the story's too long to tell, so I'll try to like cut to now versus like going through the whole backstory. But there was a lot of different experiences with different churches and, you know, seeing different things like some churches that were like really like super Bible beating, wicked, like hardcore, self-righteous judgment. Your parents are very religious. Yeah, I mean, I guess my, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, my dad more so than my mom. But they brought you to these churches. Yeah, yeah. but then they, you know, everybody has their own journey. Like mm -hmm. my dad, their beliefs are way different now than when I was a kid. And my beliefs are way different now than when I was a kid. But you've stuck with it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it, I don't go to church every week. I haven't been to church in a while. If my brother's church would say I'd go every week because it's fucking cool, man. He's cool. He's the coolest pastor you ever met. He actually came out to PJ's with me and Alan and Al <laughs> and got the biggest kick out of it. And it was funny because like halfway through. They're like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm a pastor. And in true Al Christakis fashion, he goes, really? You don't look like a pedophile. <laughs> um, now, see, a normal pastor would be offended. He's like, what a fucking douche. But yeah. he's a cool dude. And, his, and the people there at his church are super like real and just mm. cool and not like dickheads like church people usually are. Um, if you so, use but it I don't right. go a lot. But so the, all right, to answer your question, why do I still have an attachment to it? Well, I, there are things about atheism that I think are very compelling. And there are things about theism that I believe are very compelling. Um, the, the aspects of theism that I find compelling uh, are hopeful. And the aspects about atheism that are compelling scare the shit out of me. Now, obviously, because you want one to be true doesn't make it true. But I'm hopeful that it's true. And then specifically Christianity, which again, such a huge term and often means self-righteous douchebags that, uh, you know, drive pickup trucks. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, the, the, the message that of, of Christianity that God would come in human form and die for our sins, it's a beautiful message of like, because I know I'm fucked up. I know humans are fucked up. God loves me and he's willing to forgive me even though I'm a piece of shit. That's nice. That's a nice message. I like that message. That's, that is I like that gospel message. I find it very hopeful. So the, the short version of a huge topic is I find hopefulness in that 
there's 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 Christian or, or theistic arguments that I find compelling. Uh, so I'm hopeful. I don't fucking know. Maybe maybe we're, we are all a cosmic accident. And, and we're all going to die, and it all meant nothing. I don't know. I hope not. Don't let me be the breaking of your religion. Yeah, no, man. I trust <laughs> me. I the know. The podcast broke a man listened, of his religion. <laughs> I have listened to hours and hours and hours of debates between atheists and theists. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of good arguments on both sides. But that's sides. a beautiful thing that you see the hope in it, especially from an hour of you saying that you're a negative guy. and that I you am see, a negative guy. But that's you see the hope, nihilistic. But you see hope in yeah, it. Yeah, that's is the nihilistic nice... spot. Yeah, I, I am a negative guy. But I if I was all in on that, I would just blow my brains out. There yeah. is something keeping me going. That's a real passion. Mm-hmm. That's what I call pat Like... Mm-hmm. I, before comedy, I didn't think, I found it young because I feel like if I didn't find it young, I wouldn't have anything to live for. And that the wow, universe that's, had that's to. That's some intense shit. You better be on Comedy Central pretty soon. I'm being, that's an I'm old being, reference. I'm being real. No, I know honest. you are. Like comedy I'm, is very therapeutic. I'm, getting, I'm just giving I'm you shit. My eyes are even welling up because I'm being that's honest. Awesome. Like, I think. I think that's great. Though. I found it young because if I didn't, I don't know. My life was lived for me for a long time in a way that was not a b- physical, emotionally abusive. My life was lived for when I was growing up. Like my life was controlled. Oh, and okay. To an emotionally abusive way. So when I found comedy and I found people who could be open and say their darkest truths, you're like, it's wow. This is fucking cool. There's, there's someone who thinks like me. Like I, there was no one, I didn't relate to anyone. I didn't have friends. Cause I felt like if I told them my darkest truths, they wouldn't be friends with me anymore. But co- comedians say whatever the who fuck gives you want. A fuck. So like yeah. I found it and it was, and that's why I believe that there's a higher powers. Cause I was saved through comedy. Mm. Like comedy saved my life. Like, and it continues to, and I talked to Al and you said, Al, like, comedy saved his life oh i believe that that dude al if you listen please don't fucking kill yourself he's always joking about it if he kills himself i'm gonna kick his ass i'm gonna beat the shit out of his corpse I will al, too. we you love you I can do it too. al we love you please stick around you're a fun guy to hang out with but please. comedy can, i feel like there is a power that puts certain things in your life omens when you look for it because you need that. You need that if outlet, you yeah. if you just go into the nihilistic atheist look on the world. What what's the point of anything? Like yeah. you need something to push you forward. You need hope. Like you really do. Because yeah. what's the fucking point otherwise? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I and even though I give you shit, I do agree with you that comedy is super therapeutic. And yeah, if you had a situation where you you felt like you couldn't be yourself, and now you found something where you you not only can be yourself, you better be yourself. Or you're not going to be a good comic. So that's cool. That's it was that's a saving. Cool I didn't mean to go on that long. Tangent, no, that was but cool. Was, I, I appreciate that. That was cool. Tell me your Sam Adams story. Oh, yeah. yeah we're getting <laughs> way too change. positive. Let's get back <laughs> yeah. to the negative. Let's get back. We're getting off the self-help. We're back to the Sam Adams story. I remember yeah, I can't cry has, on this podcast. This show has gotten way too optimistic. We need to go back to why things suck. <laughs> and why you got screwed over by Sam Adams. So... 
It's not so much that they screwed me over. I like to blame them as if I'm some prize. But basically what happened <laughs> after that long talk, you're reevaluating. Well, I got to be honest before I tell you, you're going to hear the story and be like, how did they really fuck you? They didn't do anything yeah, to no, you. I uh, so a comedian, a friend of mine, Mike Katrobis, who does a lot of acting and stuff like that. He's been in some movies and commercials. And he reached out to me and said, hey, uh, would you be interested in an audition and for a commercial at the time, I didn't even know what it was for, but they, there was a, a Boston casting was looking for comics, mm -hmm. um, with new England accents. You have the best. That's why you I won an award for your accent. That was actually post Sam Adams thing, but yes, that's true. So he's like, Hey, they're looking for the accent. Thought of you thought comedian with an accent. He's like, boom, I thought of you. So I said, thanks, Mike. I absolutely, of course I want to do it. So I've reached out to the casting agent. Boom. Set it up. And the first audition uh, was great because I'm not an actor. I didn't give a shit. I walked in there and I could give two shits. I memorized the lines, which wasn't hard. There wasn't a lot of them. Yeah. Memorized the lines. And I went in there and I just horsed around. I just fucked around. She's like, she had me do it. One, like by the script, one ad libbed. I did made some jokes about the people in the room and left thought well that was fun but then they called me back and not only did they call me back but she sent me this email that stressed the shit out of me where she was like hey the director wants to see you again and are you available such and such dates because if you're selected we're going to need you to fly to la this is going to be an ongoing commercial where you can make a lot of money <laughs> that email stressed the shit out of me. That sounds like a Why not just be like, hey, the director wants to see you again. Yeah, just <laughs> say that. <laughs> just say, hey, look, we don't like you that much, but for shits and giggles, can you come back up here? Say yeah. that. That would have yeah. been cool. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, this is like legit. Mm -hmm. So whatever. I went back the second time. And honestly, I don't feel great about my second audition. Because you were I so stressed out about it. it. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I wish I could do it again. I'll tell you that mm. much. I don't know. It happened so fast. I wish I recorded it like in my pocket or something so I could hear it. Although I might be, it made me make it more stressful. I don't You'd know. You'd still be sitting in your room rewinding it. Yeah. I'd be like, and fuck. It's just like, you look like Christian Bale and the machinist. Just listening to, you should buy Sam Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I remember I made one lady laugh because it was intense because like you walk in the second audition it was way different. Big mm -hmm. fucking light in your face and you can see yourself in your monitor and there's a table of judges like fucking American Idol. The director's here and there's all these other fucking assholes with notepads and shit looking at you examining mm -hmm. you. So like, what the fuck is this? Like, just give me the guy. We'll talk. Why do I need all this shit? Yeah. But anyways, so uh, which I should have just talked about that. I should have walked in there and just went off about how weird everything was. Because even if I didn't get it, I'd be like, at least I was being myself. It's that same thought that you have with stand up where it's like, just be in the moment. Yeah. And just be, be aggravated as yourself. Vocalize your aggravation. Yeah. Don't internalize it. And that's, I don't know. I fucked around a little bit. I remember I made one chick at the end laugh. I, I don't know what I said. I don't know. All I know is I didn't get the fucking pot. And now every day I can see this fucking asshole on TV. He's on, he's on fucking Twitter. You see him on Instagram. It's fucking everywhere. There's a million of these commercials. It's the your cousin from Boston. Oh, would you want to be that? That's selling you know how much so money that is. 
that's selling your soul in a certain Why? way. I act kind of like that guy. What's the difference? Okay, I guess. But so Tom Segura almost was Jared's fat slob brother who would eat meatball subs for Subway. Awesome. But he's he talks about how like if he got that his comedy wouldn't have. He but wouldn't he's have... successful. It's like okay, Patrice O'Neill turned down a lot of big paying things, but he's fucking Patrice O'Neill. I'm some guy doing an open mic at a skew. I would take the same Adams money. You don't think there's people like I look at you and I'm like, oh, he's someone who is actually able to support himself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm married pre, to pre, a woman with a with a good job, but pre-COVID, yeah, I made and holding money. a relationship. I made That's a, a decent, thing. I made like, a decent living. You're right. I'm doing good. You're right. I should just be thankful. I'm just saying. I see this. No, I do understand that that all fucking the time, sucks. and I'm like, that could have been me. Uh, but the can't negative... you use that as the same motivation where like you got beat up and yes, then you finally yes. choked out this kid? Like More frustration. You fucking didn't do this. You fucking are gonna use that. You yeah, have sure. a, you have clips on YouTube that have more views than comedians dream of yeah, well thank you i uh that um yeah that's a good point i think the negative the negative part of me thinks i blew the second audition the positive part of me thinks well i think why i didn't get it is i don't have a boston accent i think that's what fucked me maybe because they it's sam adams it's boston yeah i don't have a boston accent now to some person from idaho they can't tell the fucking difference but from a, a director from Massachusetts can tell the difference. I don't have a Boston accent. What accent do you think you have? The Rhode Island accent, which is this weird Rhode Island accents are like this weird mix. It's like some kind of weird hybrid between Boston and New York, because, uh, for example, I don't really know how all the accents work. All I know is I used to work from with a guy from Boston and I'll say a dollar bill. But he says a dollar bill. Okay. And I was like, oh, I don't say that thing. I don't go dola. I don't do that. So maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's why I didn't get it. I, I How long ago was that? Honestly, not that. It was like a year and a half. It was, it was honestly probably a couple months before COVID hit. So I was, I had just lost all my gigs because of COVID. Um, this is a true story. I lost everything. I'm depressed. Quarantine's just beginning. I'm on the couch and my commercial comes on the one and the one I knew all the lines to the one where he's at a wedding. I'm aggravated. I go to bed. I wake up the next day and I find out Tom Brady's off the Patriots. <laughs> I want to throw myself off a fucking bridge. That's a true story. Did the religion help? Having uh, a belief, I guess he, the probably, helped, he the probably held me together. I, I don't know. I, I did complain a lot that day. I swore a lot. And it was St. Patrick's Day, I believe, that day, too. But you don't think certain people would quit because of that? Certain people would have... Wait, whoa, certain... What else am I going to do? I can't quit. What the fuck else You don't am think I people do? quit? People am quit. I going to become an accountant? What the hell am I going to do? I can't quit. I have you nothing else I could do. You could ruin your relationship. You could, you could get addicted to benzos. You could fucking... There's a lot of things you could do. There's a lot Next you could time my comedy. wife is aggravated with me. I'm gonna be like, uh, please remember, I am not addicted to benzos. <laughs> no, but you could go and be like, I guess I'll start working at a call center or something. Like, I guess I'll no, but see that I would kill myself. I, That's I, have what I to mean, can I the... urinate? Yeah, can I go, go please urinate? urinate? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go urinate. Tell them a story about hip hop or something. I, I've been holding this in for a half hour. <laughs> we're we're at about an hour anyway, so we'll we'll. <laughs>
We can just wrap it up when he comes back. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up anyway when he comes back. But Ani, you and I will talk a little bit. Yeah, sure. I, I guess we'll talk about this episode's coming out sooner than other episodes are coming out. But mm-hmm. I'm excited to go to Buffalo for all my listeners. I'm going to Buffalo for West Side Guns gallery opening. And I'm going to be filming um, an episode at Struggle Mike's um, studio with a rapper um, that I love. And I'm really excited for that. Me too. I'm excited for you. I wish I was coming with you. But I next know. time. You've got exciting shit too. You're getting in studio. I know. I know. SDR has been getting some good guests. Like, I mean, they have good guests anyways, but really good guests in studio lately. So that's been fun. Um, You've been killing it. Do you want to plug your shop real quick? Because I've been looking at your candles and all your other shit. You have been killing it. Thank you. I will plug that now. Um, You guys can follow me at Ani underscore Moosh on Instagram and Twitter. And then go check out my uh, website, AniMooshMedia.com. And you can follow all my art stuff at by underscore Moosh on Instagram as well. Um, If you guys are interested in podcasts uh we were talking at the beginning of this podcast with brad but i mean if anybody's interested in starting a podcast too you can also check out too much content live and uh sam's everything bucked up is on there no my producer shout out (laughs) shout out so you can you can check out everything else there too guys appreciate the plugs awesome I know, of course. Thank you. That's (sighs) the amazing producer ani moosh uh really great but I'm really happy that we had this conversation. It's cool getting to know someone better. And as I said before, like if I didn't have this platform, if I didn't have a microphone in front of me, I'd be too nervous to try to like talk to you. You know what I mean? Well, Sam, I expect you to approach me about uh, random topics every time you see me from now on. I'm a very lovable guy. Uh, I didn't expect to go into so much serious content. This was... uh, this was an awakening is what it was. I, this is this is what Bucked Up is, and I really appreciate you coming on. Do you want to plug your shit? Sure. I have a YouTube channel uh, called The Golden Mike, and uh, Averages with Brad is on there, of course, and my ridiculous stand-up. I would say that, and then my Instagram is The Golden Mike Productions. Uh, if you Google your name, Brad Pierce Comedian, it right. has a blurb on Google that shows up. You've made it more than most comedians. Well, thank you very much. I think what helped me, too, is that le- that chick yelling at me at Gotham. That SJW. really helped me. Yeah, that helped me out a lot. I got, like, a lot of views with that. Um, so she helped me by screaming at me in the audience. Um, no, this has been really fun. Uh, have you... I've See, this just feels so different. We get to talk about, like, real shit. I remember I've done, like... Um, uh, Al, uh, Alan Fitzgerald's podcast. Dude, where's like, my goat? Yeah, like if I talk, if I'm like, hey guys, you know, I like uh, bacon on my pizza. I don't know. If I talk about something or like, hey, I, I feel this way. They'll, they'll be like, hey, that's not funny, you asshole. Like they want every sentence you say on there to be hilarious or they give you shit for it. This was nice to be able to relax on a couch just talk about my passions for you, a while. You can listen to my episode with Alan Fitzgerald. I like the more it's serious, the serious conversations. I enjoy that. Like I like to learn about you, and I hope the audience got to learn more about you. And I hope you can see Brad do stand up, or if you sing karaoke, go to a Golden Mike Productions karaoke yes. event. You yes. can subscribe on YouTube. And thank you guys so much for listening. No, 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 no.